Thanks for tuning in. We're Ace Comicals. I have with me my co-host Rahul Jani and Leon Everett. I'm Greg Driver. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to Ace Comicals episode 005. Today I'm joined with Leon and Rahul because he's now home from Japan and this time it's me that's been on holiday. I've been away in Hungary for a week and um, while I was out there I got a chance to do some little bit of reading uh, and since I've been back I've picked up my stack of comics and uh, we're just going to talk about what we've been reading and we're going to get straight into it. So, start with Rahul, how have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Um, got a bit of a cold right now, so I apologise if I'm coming through a bit sniffly or anything. Um, but other than that, it's been great. It feels like forever since I got back from Japan, and I really miss it. Um, but I've I didn't get to do any reading while I was on holiday. Uh, <laughs> but since I've been back, I've done a lot of just lounging around and catching up on stuff. So yeah, hopefully we should have some stuff to talk about and, today. And and it's his birthday at the time of recording. <laughs> it is indeed. Thank you. It's happy birthday, Rahul. Happy birthday to Rahul. Cheers, <laughs> I'm going to stop this. I'm going to some a little bit of silence right here now in the podcast, so all of you can say happy birthday, and then we'll get back on. No, uh, how, how have you been, Leon? How have you been? Yeah, not not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, we're getting a bit envious over here, you guys, with all your holidays and me just uh, sitting by in boring old England as the uh, sun decides to peak out, but. Um, yeah, I've got to wait till June till mine, so we'll see. Uh, and yeah. even in that time, I mean, the weather's got better, yeah. But well, yeah, I mean, but... even in that time, I just <clears throat> haven't had. I've been super busy recently, so like, I wanted to attack my stack, and uh, I, I'm no Greg. I've uh, <laughs> barely, <laughs> barely penetrated it, so um, I've got less to talk about. But um, still, still some interesting reads this week. Okay, so. Um... I guess we'll start with Ray, because you were away last time, so take us through what you've been reading, Ray. Well, you know what? I always go first, and I think I've got a little bit more to say than Leon this time, so how about we we change things up a little bit? Do you want to swap it around, Leon? Leon, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, okay, do it that way. So, um, as I was saying in episode three, where um, I thought, okay keep up to date or roughly read something more modernish. Uh, and I got the image bundle that I bought in January with the uh, image at 25 that was on Humble Bundle. Well, IDW um, had a bundle in March, almost as like uh, a clapback to uh, image. Like, yeah, we can do bundles too. <laughs> so um, they put up beers uh, and there's some interesting stuff in there actually. Um so, like one of one of the comics which I uh, haven't got around to finishing, but I'll be mentioning in a future week was the um, the comic book of the Max, which is um, it was a cartoon on MTV back in the nineties. If you're old enough to remember that, but um, from what I've read of that to begin with, many many moons ago, uh, borrowed from my cousin, um, it was really interesting. Um, really sort of esoteric and individualistic uh, comics. So I'm oh. looking forward to going back, starting that from the beginning uh, and reading it through to the end Never. now that I, I own my own copy. 
never thought we'd ever see the day that we'd be asking people if they were old enough to remember things from the 90s. It only gets worse from here. <laughs> it only gets worse from here. Yeah, they all oh. told us that time is linear, but I never, I never believed them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on top of that, um, they, they had actually they could, concluded a lot of sort of um, like full runs of stuff which I thought was a pretty cool thing to do in a bundle. Because normally it's you get you get um, trade one, and if you're lucky, you get um, trade two. But this one offered um, yeah, there was uh, some, quite a bunch. Because I, I got this one as well. It was a charity yeah, bundle, yeah. wasn't it? it was, um, but it was... Um, you got, like like you were saying, there's a lot of self-contained stuff in there as well, wasn't there? Like, um, like one-shot type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, one that I'll definitely be talking about in limited uh, series type things as well. Yeah, in, in episode seven, there one there's one that I'll definitely be talking about. Yeah, yeah, no spoilers there. But um, yeah, and what there was that one that we've pre-ordered for physical physical version. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, what was the name of that again? <laughs> that's that's totally you guys escaped. Ordered. That has completely <laughs> escaped me. Um, but it was something I was looking forward to. Uh, it's an IDW horror comic that is by the CEO of IDW. Um, is this still part of that bundle you're talking about? It is, yes, yeah. yes. Right, okay. But it was, it was cool, because normally with these bundles, you, um, you, they're all digital usually, and it's cool, and mm. you get like a PDF version, or you get a CBR version, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this one, it was actually offering a physical comic, because it's a new, it's a new um, IP, and mm. the guy was going, the uh, author, who I think might be the artist, but the author was going to sign it so you get a physical version yes. and I've never ever got anything physical from a Humble Bundle before so I thought that was quite cool and notable. I'm looking forward to getting my, and uh, my physical much, copy. Much to my shame for forgetting about it, I've now got the information. It's called Diablo House. Yeah, Diablo and House. And it's Ted Adams, the CEO of IDW. It's his create his own creator own Oh wow. Um, <clears throat> his own creator own thing and I think I get I think it's going to be like an anthology from what I understand, an anthology of horror stories, and you've got this surfer guy who is telling the stories, who is like a... he He's like the Crypt Keeper, but he's just like a creepy surfer dude. Okay. And he's telling these stories, um, and the first one, obviously, is one story, and every comic's going to be its own like self-contained story, from what I understand. Um, and it looks really, really good something I'm looking forward to and it's one of 120 million horror comics that seem to be launching this year which is always a good thing yeah like, yeah you, you've you've been well served there Greg yes <laughs> yes I have <laughs> horror all year <laughs> this is, they've predicted the way things were going to go in 2016 <laughs> and everyone just got frantically writing and drawing but yeah that I thought it was a pretty good bundle um mm. And it's funny because uh, one, the th- first thing I'm going to talk about is something that I own physically but hadn't got around to reading yet. So uh, I moved from Bristol back to London. For, um, I was there for almost f- uh, four years and I moved over Christmas. But one of the last things I did is um, over Christmas time, I think maybe uh, the, the, the week just before Christmas, uh, IDW released the um, alternative covers for um, Lock and Key Small World, which was um, the. It's part of the um, Golden Age um, run, 
which is going to form its own trade. But um, Lock and Key is a um, comic uh, book series by uh, Joe Hill and uh, Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, and it's a very cool, interesting series. Um, if you know anything about Joe Hill, he's a horror writer, blah, blah, blah son of Stephen King. But with um, he has this very cool sort of style um, that's influenced by so many things. And um, this one is very much like, uh, it's all, almost turning into sort of like his epic in a way, because um, the main story is obviously finished in the seven trades that have come before sorry, six trades that have come before, but like with this um, group, it, it's a way to sort of visit the um, the main setting, which is the uh, the key house uh, in, in um, uh, Lovecraft, Massachusetts, which is an awesome uh, name and nod. Um, but with this, they've um, with each of the comics that are part of the Golden Age, um, they of like explored a different time in the history so that i mean it still has to do with the lock family but it's the lock family historically yeah um so with this one it's uh, an older story set more, uh, closer to the turn of uh, last century the yeah, last century and it's about the family there with um three kids uh, three uh, yeah four kids three- yeah, two girls four, and two boys. Yeah, four kids, um, two parents, and the um, see the grandpa or an uncle. I can't remember, but uh, um, yeah, it's cool because it, it's very, very uh, like self-contained and uh, short story. And it's just a cool little um, sort of side story of this uh, family uh, comfortable with uh, the the things that happen in the house and the what the keys can do. I won't give any details for anyone who hasn't read the uh, main lock and key comic but um it's really cool because i rail up things where people ha- uh, like revel there's too many things where people are like emo and moaning or scared of the power they've got and it's nice to see a family just chilled and relaxed and reveling in it but then also having to tackle some sort of uh, evil foe which isn't the, even fully explained but the it's just a nice little sort of side story with uh, them battling some sort of foe. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, there's not too much to say on it. It is only, uh, it's like sub uh, 30 pages. Um, and it is very much like a slice. So it leaves you wanting more in the worst way because I have no idea when we're going to get any more. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely recommend it, especially, uh, well, only really if you've uh, read Main Lock and Key. And if you've not yet, get on it. Um, but yeah, that, that that was a cool one, and it's uh, I think Lock and Key in a way is one of the sort of I don't know foundations of uh, Ace Comicals in a way. It's a comic it that yeah, it of, is uh, sort of brought our sensibilities together, and yeah, uh, in in keeping with that, I um I got three different alternative covers, and well, we're all going to have one different the, one each. So the very very foundations, cool. the very very foundations of, 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 of Ace Comicals is Sonic the Comic. <laughs> yeah yeah that well that's OG, that's og that's a deep cut but um yeah moving on um there's comic another comic from the bundle that i just like the cover of um 
uh, even though the cover is, is kind of dull in what it shows, but it's, just, it's more like the visuals that it, that it gives. I mean, the composition is very basic. All it is is a dad uh, who's like a cop uh, uh, hold, uh, holding hands with his daughter and then like uh, a weird sort of horned demon freak in a city below. And I was like, okay, this looks like it might be some weird sort of demon procedural show. Um and it's quite interesting. It's not quite. I mean, it's set in a world where, it, yeah, it's set in a world where it's modern times, like it is now. But, right. um, they just accept there's like demons in the city, demons all around it. Uh, but it's kind of accepted. It's kind of like if in Buffy, in uh, Sunnydale, um, like in the later seasons, they're just. You see, there's like vampires and demons just hanging out of bars and stuff. It's kind of like that, but if if humans knew about it as well, and because of that, you've got like a special police force who are called the Cyclops who like deal with like um, demon based uh, activity okay. um, in the city. So the one that... Wait, so, so I was going to say you'd say it's probably got a little bit of um, Hellboy about it. Kind of, kind of. I think it's. I mean, it's hard to tell because I'm super <clears throat> early into it at the moment. But, like, um, I know the, one of the things that was first important to me is that it's um, set in London. Okay. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. And, like, central, central London. Okay. Um, and there's some, some early nods to Buffy because they're in an area called um, St. Giles. Uh, <laughs> and there's a bar called The Angel. So, like, they're already trying to speak my language straight in. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's quite an interesting start because uh, I won't go into too many details, but you don't really learn that much at the beginning anyway. But um, apparently the uh, demons are sort of an underclass um, who are sort of forced uh, into, into like areas of criminality and stuff. And you have beggars who have got like um, magic, uh, like claw-like arms and stuff. And it's sort of it's presented in a way where like they've been around for like hundreds of years and they're like the lower class to the humans. That, which you'd think it's weird because yeah. humans with, with powers and stuff that's, would be the ruling that's class. That's what I'm going to say. That's interesting because most things you read where there's demons and stuff like that, the demons are kind of the puppeteers in some weird way or yeah. they're, they're fighting a battle that is so far above what humans should understand and know that, you know, it's just ridiculous, and there's usually a human character that gets involved in all of it just so that they can do the Macaulay Culkin face with the hands thing. <laughs> you know, every every possible moment. Wait, well, well, this one's weird because it, it starts yeah. with like a um, uh, the dad. Uh, it's a dad and his daughter who are yeah. like the lead characters, and it's uh, she's doing uh, Shakespeare at her school. She's uh, yeah, this is a weird thing actually. They say. Did it say twelfth grade or something like? That? No, she's in the tenth grade or something like that. And I'm like, what? This is this is London, baby. So I don't know if the um, if it, if it's a world thing or if it's like a case of U.S. righteous or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like he's watching her do Shakespeare, and then they're on the way home. Gets a call saying, "Oh, there's like um, there's a thing going on. The normal police are twenty minutes out. Can you do it?" And he's like, eh, "I'm out of my daughter." And it's like, "We need you." Blah blah. So anyway, uh, these uh, band of demons, whatever, have like, I say taken hostages, but it's kind of more brutal than that. But they're trying to get these documents or details or whatever, and then like chaos sort of 
yeah. uh, ensues. But um, yeah, it's a really interesting start. I mean, it ends with a cliffhanger, the f- very first issue, uh, and it, it puts its hooks in. I mean, I, d- I don't know 100% uh, how I feel about it yet because it just feels like it's too early. Um, I'll have to read some more before I can say like whether I'd recommend it or not. But I mean, it's it's an, it's hooked me enough that I'm willing to see what more um, the the writers are going to do. And I say writers because it's uh, it's written by uh, Mike Carey and Arvind Ethan David, and the art's done by uh, Brendan um, uh, Cahill. And I think the uh, like the character designs are are pretty cool. I think. Um, it's cool to see sort of semi-alternative London, and they do do the thing where they um, uh, they have like cool-looking colours for the, like the nighttime sky and stuff. I mean, it doesn't just look—it's not grey. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a nice, uh, not technicolor, but it's a nice sort of varied colour comic. So it's nice to look at, um, and I'm interested to seeing where it goes. Um, and it's nice to have sort of. Uh, like a British-based sort of weird fantasy alternative history sort of uh, property. And it's even more interesting that um, it's interesting to have a uh, sort of black protagonist and uh, his daughter. So I'm interested to see how they explore that and uh, like what they do. I mean, it's just not something you see all the time, especially in this type of like fantasy generally not so mm. it's cool to see it and i'm interested to see where no, they just, go i'm just looking at it now um i'm looking at a, a preview of it and uh on the idea of and i'm looking at that comic cover with the beggar no hands no work mm. um and it february 2017 so this completely slipped under my radar but it sounds like <laughs> something that would be right up my street as well so i might have to go back and look for that that Add sounds pretty cool yeah add it <laughs> Add it to the ever-growing <laughs> stack. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we're on to Rahul now. It's your turn. Right. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I've been trying to catch up on a lot of stuff since I got back from travelling, because I didn't get to do nearly as much reading as I'd like to have done. <clears throat> um, so I was doing a lot of running around, and I thought, taking all these trains that I was taking, I'd be able to sit there and read on the you know the two-hour journeys I had. Didn't do <laughs> single fucking minute of reading because i was just shattered each time i got on a train um but the stuff that i did have lined up so i bought the first two volumes of ms marvel so the new kamala khan one and i've been catching up on that since i got home and it's amazing it's it's so much fun i don't know if you guys have actually caught up on this have you or um i've not i've read the first trade oh you have okay um because for me it reminds me kind of of uh power man and iron fist in both in its tone and the way it's presented. So it has this very, like, vibrant, super comic booky, like, almost childishly comic booky style. It and revels in it. It really does, yeah. And it's because she's a teenager. And so the lead character is this girl called Kamala Khan, and she, through mysterious circumstances, gets superpowers and decides to call herself Ms. Marvel. And the first trade is all about how she's coming to grips with these new powers whilst also hiding it from her parents and sneaking out of the house to use her powers for good and it's all about her being like an awkward teenager and getting to grips with it but the thing that really spoke to me is um i mean i've got indian background and kamala khan is pakistani american but the the way that her parents talk to her and the circumstances she's in really uh was something i could relate to and that's not something i've ever had from a comic book before which was it was really nice um to hear to see 
the way that her parents were depicted and the way they talk and I can hear it in the voice that sounds realistic and not in a caricature way but in a really naturalistic way and um, that really struck me and then moving on to volume two she bumps into a you know I don't want to spoil anything but bumps into familiar faces and she goes on a romp and it's yeah it's loads of fun and um, I highly recommend it I can see why it's been getting so much praise um and that's done by it's G. Willow Wilson, isn't it? It is indeed. It's G. Willow Wilson, and I think the artist is Adrian Alfonso. But yeah. it's also, I think, I, I don't know if they've got co-writing credits, but it says created by editors Sana Amanta and Stephen Wacker. So I don't know how involved they were in the writing, but I have an inkling that Sana must have had some influence on the at least the cultural background of. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't remember. It's been a while ago since I read up on it. So I might be wrong, so I'm sorry, listeners, if this is fake news. But mm. I'm sure it's a case where the the main idea and the main sort of base was created by her. Yeah, that's, could be that, wrong. that sounds about right. I mean, it's neither here nor there. It's well written overall, I think. So it's it's well worth checking out. Um, moving on from there. So again, while I was out and about in Japan, I didn't really get a chance to look at as much manga or uh, you know any other Japanese style comic books as I'd have liked but towards the end of my trip I ended up going to the Ghibli Museum and while I was there I discovered something that I'd never seen before which were film comics so I bought a five volume set of Spirited Away in film comic version so it's five individual books split up and the entire film Cells from the movie are scanned in and translated to the page in comic book format, along with the speech bubbles and narration oh, wow. to explain what's going on. And it's, that sounds it, awesome. It's gorgeous. And I picked up the whole, it's basically the entire movie in five books for about 21 quid. And wow, I've been having a look online and I, I can see that Amazon do sell them, but they're about £7 each. Um, so, I mean, you can still get them here. That would be in English. I bought them in Japanese. Um, the other point being that they're in Japanese, but they're designed, I think, for children in that the phonetic translation is written against the traditional Japanese kanji. So I don't, I can't read kanji very well, but I'm a fairly decent Japanese speaker. And with the phonetic, I can, uh, I can look it up in a dictionary and maybe learn some Japanese from it as well. Plus, because it's my favorite Ghibli movie, I kind of know it quite well, so that's that's my excuse for picking it up. And it's it's bloody gorgeous. Um, so I'm going to have to show you guys, and I'll leave a link to the show notes to give an example of how it looks, because they are stunningly yeah, presented. No, I... um, yeah, and they had all of them. They had all of the different movies had their own version of these film comics. And then there were also, alongside the five-volume film comics, there were uh, individual larger books, um, which ha- had a similar thing going on. So scenes taken out of the film and put onto the page but one they didn't have the phonetic translations but they were also presented a bit more sparsely and i preferred these ones even though it's a bit more cumbersome to carry the five separate volumes um but yeah that's i found something i'd never seen before i've never seen like an english or an american animated film translated to page this way so yeah that's worth checking out um speaking of manga i did try and pick up some influence and i found one called good night world which a friend recommended um i haven't really got very far into it but it's basically about a an estranged family in the real world who unknowing unknowns to them spend their time together as a family 
in an online virtual world where they're the most fearsome family in the game. <laughs> and it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not like there's other types of manga and anime like this, like for example, Sword Art Online, where everything's really um, stone faced and yeah. all the, everyone's really stoic and aggressive, and you know the whole typical Japanese shonen thing. Um, this one, it really it's super tongue in cheek, and it's just it's a, a bizarre situation where they're super lovey dovey in game, but they don't realize they're actually the same family that are completely fractured at home, and they're all tucked away in their own individual uh, rooms in their house, not knowing that they're interacting with each other in the game world. It's it's ridiculous. That does and, um, sound pretty cool. It's it's quite funny and it's super stupid and it's extremely Japanese. But that's uh, that's one of the few manga I've been enjoying lately. Um, aside from that, catching up on my regulars, Sex Criminals number seventeen has finally come out after what I think is feels like a year long hiatus, but I think it must only have really been about six seven months. Um, and it basically just picks back up where it left off. Um, I don't really want to go into that because it's kind of hard to talk about without spoiling anything. And the same goes for Paper Girls, which has resumed a couple of months ago. So I think the latest one was issue number 12. And things are going even more batshit screwy than volume one. I'm and about I'm, two or again, three behind on Paper Girls. I need to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really, again, don't want to say yeah. anything because I don't remember where you guys left off or yeah. where we even... Have we discussed it in the past on the podcast? I don't, I don't think we have. Yeah, um, I think I'm at number we... 10 on Paper Girls at the moment. Oh, okay. Right. So I'm a bit far. I'm up to two behind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stuff progresses really quickly in mm. this one. So uh, let me know when you've caught up and we can talk about it on it the is, next, next it is, one. Yeah. It is very good. And mm. it. Uh, if you've not picked it up already, go back and read the previous 12. Please. I yeah. do need to catch up on Paper Girls, but the the thing is with Paper Girls, I I like to leave a buffer trade. Mm. Uh, what am I talking about? A trade buffer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could you're talking about uh, manga? I've been reading reading it backwards. Uh, I like to have yeah. a buffer because I hate catching up and having to wait. It's the worst thing, and like reading issue by issue would drive me insane. Um, so I think <laughs> I can handle being a couple of uh, issues behind when I catch up. But yeah, like being up to date uh, would drive me insane. So like, I like to give yeah. it a buffer. But the problem <clears throat> is the buffer then becomes two years. And I'm like, it's good because I've got loads to catch up on, but then I just rarely fall out of it. I no, find... see, the trick The trick is you yeah. do the, the, the Greg school of comic book and manga reading. So instead of having one large stack that you've had to wait two years to build up, you just have a crap load of different manga and comics in one giant load-bearing stack and you're just always reading 50 things at a time. Yeah, that seems <laughs> to be the plan. That's, that is exactly how I do it. I, ha- I have like two or three, well, more than two or three things on the go at once. And there's always something new. So I'm not always waiting for, so I'm not waiting for anything because there's always something. Yeah, and, you like, might be waiting yeah. for one individual story yeah. for a month, but at least every week you're reading something that you enjoy new. Yeah. And yeah. It takes, yeah, it takes like an hour of your week at a time it's it, as long as you get in that rhythm it's it's not i mean bad. that's how you're meant to read comics to be fair yeah no one <laughs> no one reads just one comic no one reads just one story at once because that's well people probably do but for me that just sounds like the worst thing you could do to yourself ever <laughs> because <laughs> because you'd be waiting a whole month to pick that up again and it's just no 
Um, w- one other thing. Um, so, are we good to talk about like comic adjacent stuff? For example, TV shows that are based on comic properties. Is that we worth did it in Zero Zero Three? Yeah. What did you talk about in Zero Zero Three? Riverdale. Oh, you, oh, you did. You've already talked about Riverdale. Yeah, because God, I... Rob, don't you listen to our episode? <laughs> no, I was in a different country at the time. <laughs> Where was I? Where was my? Insight? So you didn't, you didn't even hear the answer to your uh, question. I did. I just forgot. I'm really. He sorry. listened to it. He's just forgot. I, I listened to it and I just forgot. Um, yeah, Riverdale is great. Uh, caught up on that while I was on the airplane, and it's it's amazing. Um, I can't remember exactly what you guys said, but I like that it's it's not quite. It's basically not the same thing as the comic books I remember as a kid. It's super dark and tongue in cheek and teenage drama and melodramatic and everything, and it's it's fucking awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Yeah, I mean, what I'll say is uh, I think um, as time of recording, I'm an episode behind. Um, mm. But like um, the thing I really like that it does well is it um, it's very knowing. Um, and it, it's it's written with like quite a fondness for the stuff that it it's um uh not parodying um <laughs> for the stuff that it's influenced by so obviously there's yeah. loads of twin peaks and there's loads of like various other shows of the teen shows i mean there's the comics themselves um mm. but what i like about it, it it has this way of sort of heightened reality where um I know, like it's not quite—it's not quite the real world because people act really weird in it. But it's—it's it's quite an enjoyable place to be. And, and I mean, mm. it's a show that, like, from the outside uh, and from what you'd hear about it, it should be complete garbage. But <laughs> it's not yeah. even like it should. I should be saying, "Oh yes," uh, like, like I was saying before, like, "Oh, this is my guilty pleasure." But it's not. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's it's actually not good. Pre- <laughs> but the thing is, it's not prestige TV. Let's yeah. let's create a delineation, yeah. but it is it it is like uh, really really smart and it's quality. Like they've put some thought into it, and they like you said, it's very knowing. They know what the property is. They know what they're trying to get at. It's not a muddled mess of ideas and themes. Mm. Right. What I'm hoping, like I said previously, I just want them to lean in to some of the, the for lack of a better word, cheese. Like leaning yeah. to some of the well, the, the weirdness more. I'm, I'm not watching it properly, but <clears throat> um, my girlfriend has been watching it, and I've been catching bits and pieces of it when she's been watching it. And there's one episode um, where there's the intro to the episode, it like starts off, and they're all wearing the original costumes. Yeah, the original yeah. Archie costumes. I thought that was really cool, and that That's that has cool. that that is what has been the deciding factor in me adding it to my list of things to get watched. Because I, I do want to go back and finish watching it and watch yeah. the rest of it now. Because of that, the way that started just then, that was great. But yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of other like comic book adjacent TV shows, uh, Leon's been mentioning Legion a lot. And yes. I think you've been watching it, haven't you, Greg? Or you you hyped it first out of all it's, of those. I've, I've um, got it ready to watch. Oh, okay. Right. So Leon Leon sense. hyped it first out of everyone yeah. when, we, when we've been discussing outside the show. Mm. Um, I was into the idea of it because it's x-men based so Mm. it's um it's like a it's like an ongoing show uh, featuring an x-men character called legion who is xavier's son 
if I'm the yeah. comics, from what I understand, he's well, yeah. If it's he's Xavier's son, and he he's a very powerful mutant, but he's also got um, mental health issues, basically. And the show, I assume, will explore that. Um, mm-hmm. Legion is the <laughs> <laughs> Legion is the um, he's the reason that Age of Apocalypse happens. Right in the Age of Apocalypse storyline in the comics, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's one of those ones that I got queued up because Leon's hyped it so much. So I'm interested in getting onto that as soon as yeah, it's available. I've, yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts on it, but um, the finale aired last week, and I've got the finale to watch. So okay. I'm I'm going to wait until episode seven before I give my full impressions because it's it's quite a short season. I believe it was seven eight episodes. Uh, mm. eight, eight episodes, um, which I quite like, and I, I think it's something that uh, uh, the the Netflix Marvel shows should do more, which they are doing with the Defenders. But I think they should uh, definitely take that cue. But um, yeah, I've got I've got loads of thoughts on it, but I'll share them more. Oh, the Marvel Marvel Defenders month. stuff because we've had Iron Fist actually talking about TV shows as well, um, and I've sat and watched all of that. Um, I'm not as impressed as I thought I was going to be, <laughs> because the other Marvel sh- the other Marvel shows were actually really good, like uh, Daredevil and um, Jessica Jones, Luke Jessica Cage. Jones, Luke Cage. Yeah, they were <laughs> they were all good, but uh, it was it was okay, but it wasn't it didn't feel like it sat up there with the other three. Hmm. We're talking and, about Iron Fist, right? Iron now, right? Fist, yeah, yeah. It had its I'm... issues. Mm. I've heard some terrible things about this show. Like, I've not actually seen it myself, so, you know, hands up right now. I'm not, I can't give my own opinion, but the things that I hear about it make it sound absolutely terrible. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as some people are making out because people, like, if anything you read on the internet about something where people are damning it, people have a way of making things sound a hundred times worse than they actually are a lot of the time. Mm. Um, mm. But I think I think if if you watch it, you're not going to be impressed, and after <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna feel let down if you've watched any of the other Defenders shows. Well, I think what what I'll just say now because this is another one that yeah. I'll probably talk about uh, more in episode seven. But um, I'm at four episodes in, and I know I I think the other Netflix Marvel shows do slot do start kind of slowly. Kind of, but yeah. like this one is just. I've got thing is, I'm it's not as bad, at least where I am up to, it's not as bad as everyone's been saying. But it, I think it makes a worse crime in the sense that it's dull. So, yeah. and like, dull is just, I, I would, I'd rather something be absolutely terrible than dull. Like, mm. I think, I think that's a more worthwhile thing to, 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 yeah. to be in the end. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to finish it because I have to because I want to watch Defenders uh, and I'm one of those idiots who will watch it instead of uh, reading uh, that post that somebody did where they explain <laughs> all the episodes so you don't have to. But I, I need. I, I feel like I can't comment on it and I can't properly roast it or praise it until you've watched I it all. Don't watch it. And yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not the worst. Uh, it's not the worst yeah. waste of my time. Uh, there are other things exactly. that I'm wasting my time with. But, I, um, I could I could be sat watching He Man on Netflix, if, but. <laughs> Ghostbusters is bad. Yes, which it is, which is brilliant, but only watched the first season. 
with the way they've got it listed on Netflix, season one and maybe a couple of episodes from season two, and then after that, it, it's when the show started to dive bomb. Mm. Um, I've got all of it on a box set anyway, so I don't even need Netflix for it. But it's yeah, it, it's it's a good show, and season one is fantastic. Of that, it's a great cartoon. Um, yeah, fond memories of that one. But um, what you were saying, like for me, like to just bring it back, for me, Iron Fist is just indifference. It was. It, it, it's not. It's not like blind hatred, or it's not dislike. It's not annoyance, really, or anything. And it's not. Um, I, I don't love it. It's just meh. You know, like like you're saying, there's worse ways I could have wasted my time. But I sat and watched all of it, and it's just meh. You know, I, I, I'm glad that it's probably. I hope that it doesn't get a second season of purely Iron Fist. I hope it goes Defenders, and then we might only see Danny Rand in the Defenders <laughs> because I don't I don't think unless unless season two is going to be something amazing I don't think I want a season two of it I think I'm content to just have Daredevil Jessica Jones and Luke Cage as the main yeah main ones um yeah I think I'm going to read that blog post you mentioned Leon. yeah <laughs> Rahul do you have anything else you want to mention um Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, so I may have mentioned my friend, Chloe, who is actually uh, a very good friend of my girlfriend. They used to go to uni together and they lived together and everything. She is a fantastic graphic artist, and she has recently announced that, well, recently announced, she had, had announced that she was selected to draw some alternate covers for a couple of comic books. So the first one being Highlander. And I think issues one and two, she's done alternate covers for. Um, that's the new Highlander American Dream. Um, and she's done these stunning covers in her signature art style. And also the X-Files Deviations, which is the X-Files slash Orphan Black crossover. And um, I just wanted to give a shout out to her and support her artwork and um, maybe convince a bunch of people to go out and buy some of her versions of the comics because they are spectacular. And I've uh, pre-ordered, I've basically got everything that she's, um, had printed so far and got to sign them. So if I ever go, you know, broke one day, I can sell off these gorgeous pieces of artwork that are surely going to be worth something one day in the future. Um, and I'll leave a link in the show notes for, for this. And if you ever want to check out her artwork, uh, she, I believe her Twitter is at Snail, and all her other deviant art, etc., is under that same that same moniker. So how's yeah. the how how is the Highlander comic? <laughs> I haven't actually read it. I've just got a copy of it. All oh, right, okay. but, but I was I was trying to avoid that, Greg. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> I will uh, <laughs> co-sign Rahul, and uh, I'd say at the very least uh, give at Weissnell a follow on Instagram. I mean, uh, yeah, like, she is really talented, and um, I've I've seen I, I've, I've seen the Highland, uh, Highlander one, and that was really cool. I'm interested to see some of the others, especially that what the X Files Orphan Black. Yeah, it's that really cool. It, it's super cool. I'm surprised I haven't already told you. Actually, it's it's pretty funky, and it's it's a bit of a departure from her normal style. And I think it works really well. You can tell she's put a lot of energy and effort and a lot of her soul into it. So yeah, I want to check that out. No, yeah, yeah the, I'll, I'll leave a link. I've seen I, I've seen the Highlander one, um, mm. and I I yeah again I, I'll go what, what you two have just been saying. The artwork is fantastic. She mm. I've seen I've seen some of her her other artwork as well. Things that she's posted up and and they're all really really good. Mm. So yeah, I mean we've been seeing her evolve her style over the last five or six years since mm. she really got deep into it, and you can tell 
how much she's improved over the years. I mean, she wouldn't say that herself, but I can definitely see it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for me to climb Comic Book Mountain. <laughs> Trap him, guys. <laughs> Trap him. Okay, so this up to this show, things that I've been reading and following, let's see, we've got um, there's a new X-Men, X-Men Prime, which is a new X-Men comic that came out last week that I bought um, to check out, and that follows the X-Men's war with the Inhumans, so that follows on from that, so the X-Men have just had a war with the Inhumans, and um, the X-Men are now the Manchester, you know how nuts things get in the Marvel Universe, you know how insane things get with X-Men sometimes, so I'm just going to just tell, I'm not even going to try and, the mansion has teleported to Limbo, uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you making stuff up? Is no, no, I'm not, like I'm not, mansion? I'm not making this up, this is the mansion, the X-Men's mansion, the, the, the Westchester mansion is now in Limbo. And it's like a kind. The first issue. This is like the first issue. X Men Prime. It's kind of like a getting the team together kind of thing again. And it's Kitty Pride, and she wanted nothing to do with the X Men. She moved out somewhere. She moved away, and then Storm came to find her and went, "I want you to come and lead the X Men because I don't want to lead the X Men anymore. Because um, it's my fault they had to fight the Inhumans, which was ridiculous. And uh, now it's because she led. She led the X Men into battle with the Inhumans." And now it, it basically it, it's like bringing X Men sort of back around again. I think they're trying to centralise it a little bit, um, but it, it's like featuring any any X Men stuff that's happened over the past few a couple of years, like the different X Men factions we've seen, different mutants we've seen pop and whatever seem to be getting drawn together into this one book. So this book is X Men Prime, and then I get the feeling. After that, this year, later on this year, there's going to be launching some other titles that follow specific characters or specific teams. Um, so, so X Men Prime, and then you're going to have like little teams within that. So, like uh, other X Men teams, like teams of like two or three mutants together that have their own little stories and adventures. Um, and it's an interesting one because the last time there was a book called X Men Prime, it was what followed age of apocalypse beef and it was um you know when on the onslaught stuff was happening uh when if you know what onslaught is it's where magneto and charles xavier ended up fused consciousnesses as this big evil beast thing called onslaught who was yeah and they fought whenever onslaught. you talk about like <laughs> old x-men events yeah. it just makes you think of the old testament yeah it is it is it's, <laughs> this is this is just like shoveling digging and digging the dirt oh my god yeah but he's uh <laughs> off we go down the hole yeah uh so so um magneto and xavier consciousness is fuse or something and you end up with some big evil thing of psionic energy called onslaught that the X-Men had to do something about, which was... That's my fast way of explaining the Onslaught stuff. Um, that was fast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... So like, a, like a, you know, I, I warned you, I warned you, it, it get, X-Men it gets pretty... Well, Marvel Comics gets pretty mental. 
Um, I've been hearing that complaint a lot about Marvel recently. Like they all, there's a lot of things which are all cross tie-in events and everything sort of I think weaves I, into each other a yeah. bit too much to the point where people are complaining that to understand any one story you have to spend like yeah. ten times the amount on all the other stories. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it? it's quite that bad. I think, no. I think that's a symptom of having had these characters and properties around for so long. Mm. But this is kind of like supposedly the resurrection of X-Men. So this is where they're trying to bring X-Men back as a, as a, a property at the front line of their, you know how X Men was so popular at one point, it was I'm the to book. Bring that there was back, yeah, yeah, they're trying they're trying to bring X Men back to the forefront, I believe. So you've got X Men Prime, which is going to be the one that ties it all together, and then there's going to be several different ones with X Men teams. And this this issue was kind of like a, as I was said before, it's like a gathering the team, kind of getting everyone back together type thing, and um, establishing sort of who's going to be involved and who's not and and giving you a kind of like a giving you a way in because it is an issue one um and i i think it's actually quite good and i'm excited about it because i like x-men and i'm always excited about new stuff um and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna carry on with it and see where it takes me and maybe i'll pick up these other books as well um and we'll see we'll see where it goes because you know it's been a while since X-Men has had has given you a way in kind of thing well not it's been not been it's not been that long but it's been a while and it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do with X-Men now um other stuff um I've been reading Curse Words which we're now up to three issues which is still really really good um I wrote a thing about it on the blog you should all go and read it um that's curse words you don't necessarily have to read my rants it's fine um i've been reading <clears throat> uh i picked up there's like an iron fist issue one that launched um this uh, this month so well this is april now but march um and that is kind of like a, a pulpy martial arts thing you've got danny rand who's down on his look who appears to have lost the power of the iron fist and um He's trying to get it back and he's basically just challenging himself, going around the world looking for fights until someone comes up to him and offers him a challenge, basically, that would be worthy of him and seems, well, feels like it might be a way for him to regain his powers. But then it, it, it's like a pulpy martial arts movie type mm. thing. It's got it's got real martial arts throwback movie stuff about it. And this it. is like more sort of uh, standard Danny Rand yeah, comment. yeah. This is this is standard. This isn't this isn't. If you've been reading Power Man and Iron Fist, this isn't the Danny Rand you'll see in the Power Man and Iron Fist um, comic. It, it, it's not the recent Power Man and Iron Fist comic, anyway. It's not the wisecracking um, Joker Danny Rand. This is standard Danny Rand type thing. And it's not the wet, boring, ineffective uh, Netflix. <laughs> Danny Rand, though, no, not 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 incompetent Netflix Danny Rand either. No. <laughs> Um, because this is something I brought up when we did Power Man and Iron Fist that I didn't really get along with Danny Rand's character in that one do you think I'd enjoy this one more you might Um, I'd give it a look if you like if you like old school martial arts films Mm -hmm. oh yeah then yeah okay because it's got it's got a real like I don't know when I was reading it I just kept thinking of like the big boss you know like where they all get on the boats and go to the tournament Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's that that kind wait, of that. Wait, yeah, is that Enter the Dragon? 
Is that Enter the Dragon? It is. It is yeah, Enter the, the Dragon, isn't it? Game, Where they get yeah, on the boats and the get, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it Enter the Dragon then. It's it's and it, it's that. It's got okay. that. Yeah, it's Salt. got that kind yeah. of you know, like he's been selected for some kind of big badass tournament or Mortal Kombat if you want. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it could end up because you know like Marvel, it's Marvel, so it could end up a bit more Mortal Kombat with all the supernatural elements and whatever else. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Uh, God Country. So, Image Comics, God Country. Um, this is something that kind of, like, piqued my interest because of its popularity. Um, every single issue has been rushed back to print. So, what that what? means is... What that means is, um, we're three issues in, and every time they release a new issue, they've printed the previous ones. So... They released issue one, then they released issue two and reprinted issue one. Then they released issue three and reprinted issues one and two. What the hell was wrong with the uh, original prints? What's caused this? There's nothing wrong with the original prints, it's just people want it. Oh, it's that oh, popular. Wow. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. it's that popular. You made it sound like uh, no. it was issues. <laughs> no, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. It was that popular that people... Oh, that's cool. People, there was demand for it, basically, and it's selling, so... Um, which is really nice to see, actually, especially for a physical comic. Um, and I've when I picked up, I picked up issue three because we were already at issue three when I started buying it, and I saw issue one and two on the stands because of the reprints and picked those up. And I can see why people want this book; it is fantastic. Um, you've got this senile old man um, living on his own out in Texas somewhere. Um, you've got. Uh, his family coming to look after him because he's, um, you know, his his son's looking after him because he's he's he want he wants to stay at home. Don't want to put him in a home. Um, and it starts off where he's wandered out of the house and the police have had to take him back because he's you know he's crazy. He's lost his mind totally. Doesn't even know what his own name is, kind of thing. Um. And, you know, the wife's had enough of it and it's not a good place for the kid to be because, mm. you know, the, the, there's, a, there's a daughter there involved. Um, and there's a big argument and the wife and the kid drive off and then there's this massive storm blows in. Now, this storm brings with it a demon um, that attacks the town and also in the mix is a magical blade the god of all blades so this blade is like a, a a spirit a sword spirit that is present in every single blade ever forged or something something along those lines uh from what i understand and this sword lands in the hands of the senile old man who when he's holding the sword remembers exactly who he is and is a hero so he goes from being this like crazy guy that people are that you know his granddaughter is frightened of because he's a bit he doesn't, he doesn't know who he is or anything like that and he, he shouts and he, you know he he's really rude and swears at people and everything else and he goes from that to being like this this really nice guy this really stand-up guy like who he was before but he has to be holding the sword or has to be in contact with the sword in order to remember who he is mm. and obviously because this blade is like some kind of celestial um weapon usually belonging to gods or belonging with the gods gods want it back so i think the story from this point forward is going to be 
people because there, there's a, a a god actually comes to try and reason with him to try and get it back and like you know this doesn't belong here this is earth you're you are small earth people you don't belong with something so powerful but he's his whole answer to that is well if you want it take it off me <laughs> so it sounds from, like the setup to a manga yeah from that point forward it's people trying to get the sword back <laughs> off him it is very mangary in its in its uh it is very mangry in its way. Its, its ways. It's quite. Um, it's got a lot, a lot of that about it. And it's the artwork's very nice. The writing's great. And I think, you know, I think that's definitely one worth mentioning. And definitely one that I think you guys would love if you picked up. Okay. Um, what else have I got? I've got Underwinter, which uh, is we've only got one issue of this so far, and that is by Ray Forks, written and drawn. Um, so he's the artist as well, well painted more like actually because it's like watercolours um, and this is a horror story um, now I think with this one um, it's really ethereal and um, how do I describe this it, it, you know like I was saying about that one shot a while back the belfry oh yeah the belfry yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, in one of the previous episodes it's kind of got that kind of air about it where it's like ethereal and, and um, but it's not the same kind of horror this is more psychological at a start and then gets it's more um, this is more like sort of nightmares sort of like preying on rather than being a monster or something to be frightened of this is more preying on your mind kind of horror like the scratch in the back of your head kind of horror. It's psychological up to a point and then you get the feeling that there might be something more to it as well. But what we've got so far in this first issue is a string quartet, um, like an orchestra, an orchestra, orchestral string quartet, a band. Um, and they seem to be a little bit down on the look, struggling to find gigs. Uh, and they get offered a gig for rather a lot of money, like $10,000 each, I think it is to play at a millionaire's sex party. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And the whole thing is they have to wear what they're told to wear. So they all get given like specific suits and a specific red dress. The the women get given specific red dresses to wear and things like that. And they have to play blindfolded. They're not allowed to look. Now at the very start of the comic, you get a scene in a mansion where they've got a, there's these two guys and they've got a woman sort of like held up and, um, he says something like ink from the eyes again and from the nethers um what do you want to do with this one and they kind of have to cart her away so you know there's something weird going on in this place anyway Hmm. um and they get down there and they start doing the show and uh one of them seems to be having kind of like snme nightmares about him being the instrument as well at the start of the book which is kind of like you know um, like he's being played that's kind of like at the beginning of the book and but you get you get the, the feeling that there's something supernatural and something dark about it anyway because when they get there it isn't a sex party it's something else which I won't spoil um, and that that is very good we're only one issue in with that so far but I'm excited to see where that goes because that seems to be like a really well written really nicely put together horror book um, it's quite an interesting horror story and the last one on my yeah, list sorry. sorry before you on I was just looking that up right now while yeah. you're talking and it looks gorgeous the art style is really cool and like it fluid is. And it painted. is yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently issue two is out 
April twenty sixth. So yes. we're not far yes. off from getting the next few. Yeah. So cool. I think I'll, I think I'm you guys should up, yeah pick it up read issue one. Yeah. It's great. Cool. Um, and the last one on my list um, is Ghostbusters one hundred and one, which is something that started this month um i liked issue one that much that i bought a variant as well so i bought the regular cover and a variant um now i this is eric eric burnham and dan shooning um and i really like their previous work on the ghostbusters they've been doing um they're they've been they've been sort of for for a long time now they've been doing a run for idw with ghostbusters and it's taken them through um there was like a regular run that ran for eight trades worth of comics then there was um like some limited series like there was ghostbusters um get real uh where they cross over with the real ghostbusters universe um and there was one where they cross over with the teenage mutant ninja turtles actually it was pretty awesome um but they um what what it is with this run is apparently when they took Gozer down originally so if you the, the events of the Ghostbusters 1 movie they created a multiverse and um, this run seems to be exploring the different facets of this multiverse So, and the multiverse is populated by different versions of the Ghostbusters so you've got the original Ghostbusters which feature in the Ghostbusters 1 and 2 movies and then you've got um, the real Ghostbusters, which occupy their own universe. You've got the um, the extreme Ghostbusters, which occupies a different universe, and they all occupy different facets of the same thing. Now, this one, uh, it's a crossover with um, the Ghostbusters, what they dubbed the Answer the Call team, which mm. are the girls from the new Ghostbusters film. So the the all woman Ghostbusters team from the movie that was released last year. Now, um, that movie got it was very 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 controversial. Um, people were hating on it because there was a female Ghostbusters team, and people, you know, it, it got a lot of there was a lot of press surrounding it, you know, to do with. Um, to do with misogyny yeah. basically and things like that and the, the for me i mean i i didn't go and watch the movie um and for me i ignored it simply because the trailer made it look awful hmm. i watched the trailer i wasn't impressed i wasn't going to go and see it i already had two great ghostbusters films and a great cartoon series that i loved um and then this trailer came out and i was thinking i don't i don't like the look of this it's got nothing to do with the fact that it was a female cast or anything like that i you know i completely welcome that that's fine it's just the thing that i was annoyed about was just that the trailer just made it look terrible and i just didn't want to see a terrible film and i wasn't going to go and watch something that might you know i've already got ghostbusters films that i enjoy why would i want to go and watch a ghostbusters film that i don't like I guess is what, but I've picked up these comics and it's got this team in it. And you know what? It's, these comics are great. And it it is Eric Burnham and Dan Schooning anyway. And as far as I'm concerned, they can't put a foot wrong with the Ghostbusters because they've been doing really good work. The artwork's fantastic. It's really cartoony and comic-y and they've got the tone spot on um, when they write stories about the Ghostbusters, which is what, 
I think the, at least the trailer for this the, 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 this latest Ghostbusters movie anyway at least that was lacking it didn't have the right tone for me mm. I think that's mm. that's that's the main reason I didn't want to watch it because I watched the trailer I was like no this is completely the wrong tone this isn't Ghostbusters it didn't feel like Ghostbusters to me um, but I do want to reiterate it's got nothing to do with the female cast because <laughs> people people have hopped on people that are hating on the film saying it is just because of the fact it's got a female cast but no it's not um, and these characters pop up in this one because it's like a crossover between the universes so the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters have got a doorway that lets them travel through into other universes and other versions of New York um, and this time they're going to end up crossing paths with the answer the call team as they've dubbed them uh which is i think it's kind of cool and the second half of this first comic deals with the answer the call team exclusively and i you know what i i think they're great characters and it's just a shame that that was such a bad film or looked like such a bad film because it's a very middling film and yeah. it's a shame that because they set up a bunch of really interesting characters which were then yeah. wasted with like generic Apatow style comedy yeah and yeah i'd be interested in reading this because it would be nice to see something interesting done with these interesting characters that's that's why i like it because you know and i i fully support these characters you know these would have been a great addition to the ghostbusters mythos movie wise as well if that movie hadn't have been what it was or looked like what it looked like because i I (laughs) I can't talk too much because i haven't watched it but i I I think you should watch it because it's not it's not a terrible movie by any you know stretch it's just it's it feels like a uh, standard American comedy where it's half improvised as opposed to a tightly scripted, clever comedy slash, you know, gross horror like the first Ghostbusters was. Yeah. So but it's the, a completely different kettle mm, of fish. It's, yeah. I know. I think it's I think it's the 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 fact that it's not gonna be as clever as the original Ghostbusters and that yeah. that's, it's gonna it's gonna annoy me a little bit but maybe I should having having you know read these comics and enjoyed and, and have well this one book so far enjoying these characters I think I will go back and watch it but I'm not you know yeah so yeah so, the comic sounds great I think I'll pick it up but it was an interesting one for me to talk about because being a Ghostbusters fan and everything and having the reaction I had to the trailer of the <laughs> of the new movie and everything else and, and the the controversy that was surrounding it. Hopefully Dan Schooning and Eric Burnham can do something cool with these characters because I'd love to see that. Um, and so far it looks, it looks looking good and these guys can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. They're a great team. Um, so yeah, that wraps it up with pretty much everything that I've been reading this month. Um, Alongside the usual IDW stuff, which is getting a bit meh, with the exception of ROM and Micronauts. So if you're thinking of buying G.I. Joe and Mask, I'd say maybe don't, because I'm actually feeling like I'm going to drop it at some point. Um, and I'm disappointed to say that, because I don't want to, but if if it's going to carry on being as iffy as it is now, I don't want to pay money for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um and uh the new optimus prime well the, the recently launched optimus prime book is still ongoing i'm still reading turtles uh there's um actually coming up there's something i wanted to mention because there's going to be another teenage mutant ninja turtles usagi crossover later on this year which i'm very excited about 
which would be cool because that's the first time that's happened in around 20 years or so. Oh, so really? That will be nice, yeah. I mean, they, they're they well known for featuring in each other's properties anyway. You get Turtles in Usagi, you get Usagi in Turtles. Usagi was in the original TMNT cartoon series and he's going to be popping up in this new one, which will be pretty cool. Um, and you've got... Yeah, so while I was on holiday, my holiday reading was... Um, Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch and a bit of Marvel Infinity uh, Marvel Infinity <laughs> I thought, War I thought all the rest was your holiday reading no man <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay continue yeah. sorry <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> this just, is all just the last week is it <laughs> yeah this is this is just a week in the life of Greg Driver right <laughs> no yeah but Marvel Marvel Infinity War which is batshit um, and because basically I, I've read the, I've read some of these books before and I was I just wanted to try and get an idea of how this might translate to film when they do this Marvel Infinity stuff. Having read the Infinity Gauntlet and having read, you know, Infinity War now and things like that, I'm thinking, this this is huge. This is absolutely huge. How on God's green earth, without the Infinity Gauntlet, are they going to make this work as a movie? You know, I know, I know they're splitting into two movies, but it's like... Obviously, Infinity War is the sequel to Infinity Gauntlet, and I think what they're going to do is they're probably going to focus just on the Infinity Gauntlet part, which was like the first time Thanos got all of the Soul Stones together and decided he was going to try and be a god. Um, but like, there's there's characters in that pop up in these comics that are more like concepts than characters. And I want to know how you're going to represent something that is the embodiment of all that is in a movie. They're probably going to simplify it and pare it down. I, yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to agree with that. They're probably. They, oh, I'm, I've got. I've. I've got every faith in them that they're going to be able to do it. But just from this standpoint at the moment, it looks. Like, it feels like they're trying to do the impossible. I don't have full faith, but, um, <laughs> but I, I think what they're going to do is make it more about character, make it more personal. So mm. I think they'll lower some stakes on some elements, but it still will be th- this. Could maybe be the end of the, maybe I shouldn't have universe. full faith, but the, it's basically the, the fact. The fact of the matter is that there are characters that represent the universe itself. There are characters that that represent concepts like infinity. Infinity is a character that pops up in these books. And it's like, it's cosmic insanity. It's like sci-fi to the point of... How far I think this out, might be, um, a, a how macro for... do you want to go with this stuff? Because it's just, that's this is what it feels like to me. Yeah. You know, it, it, there is a character, just to get the idea of what we're dealing with, there is a character that when they draw him, because he is all that is, he is literally they draw a figure of a man like a shadow and they make it look like space inside him and then everything else is white around him. That sounds like a cool image. It's a cool image, but it's like fucking brain bending. How are they going to put that in a film? I mean, I know, I know it's just, you know, pulpy sci-fi Marvel comics and whatever. It's, it's not, but, but you know, and, and it's just crazy for crazy sake, but damn, you know, I love these books. I do. I love how batshit they are. That's that's the, these are my favorite kind of Marvel comics. The crazy Infinity stuff, stuff that involves Thanos, stuff that involves mm. the cosmic beyond, you know, like Galactus and whatever else. Things that involve things that you can't ever, ever imagine in your wildest dreams. Well, you probably can, but you know, that kind of stuff. 
but yeah, I it, I was reading these books because I was interested to see how it translate to film. So um, yeah, I, I'm having trouble imagining it at the moment, <laughs> but hopefully it will it will translate well. And hopefully it'll be all right, and hopefully they'll do what they need to do in order to make it watchable. Um, and that about wraps it up. <laughs> so that's the end of everything that I've been reading and wanting to talk about. Uh, I feel like you know when you you open a keg of wine and it just goes. <laughs> I have never opened up a keg of wine. What you, what, <laughs> it sounds maybe, great. Like I guess when you see in fantasy movies when they crack into a keg of ale or something, <laughs> it just squirts I, everywhere. That's, I feel like you've just purged. Yeah, I've been I've been that keg that up for a while. I've been that keg of ale for about two weeks. Maybe we need to do these weekly instead. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, yeah. So I guess that wraps up the episode. In case, unless anybody else has got anything else they want to talk about, or anybody else got anything left? No, I think you read all the comics. Yeah, you've read every comic, <laughs> every, every last comic. <laughs> okay, so that wraps it up. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Pocket Casts. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Ace Comicals. You can find us on Twitter at Ace Comicals. You can get in touch with us via, um, to, you know, to ask us any questions or anything like that via acecomicals at gmail.com. Uh, any questions you want to ask us, we will field them in the next show and um, we'll have some fun with that. Yeah. So any questions you have, anything you want to ask, any, you know, anything at all, silly comic space questions, anything, just come, just ask us a question and we will answer it as entertainingly as possible. We can be found on uh, WordPress, so acecomicals.wordpress.com, and we have our website, www.acecomicals.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Bato, if you have any questions uh, you want to field specifically to me. Come along and, you know, ask, ask me, you know, you can ask me a question and I'll be able to answer it for you on the show or through twitter or whatever um you can uh find you can also get hold of the other guys ray and leon through the ace comicals channels if you want to ask any questions specifically to them if you come to me through the ace comicals email they will be able to answer that for you that's fine um rahul where can we find you you can find me on twitter at monke so that's m-o-o-n-k-e-h and listeners just so you know you can also probably find greg trapped under a pile of comics in his attic (laughs) how about you leon where can we find you you can find me uh, on Twitter at Leon Everett, um, uh, but I'll be busy trying to uh, rescue Greg from the uh, cave-in he's just had. <laughs> <laughs> I've spread the word on the internet. You can deal with the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going book by book, and it's going to take a long time. <laughs> You're you going to read them before you can take them, them off him. <laughs> <laughs> read them as you lift them. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah... Um, that has been Ace Comicals and uh, yeah, thanks for listening Ace Comicals, over and out